Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Jeff C., and my co-host today is Grace Duffy. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On this week's Social Media Marketing Talk Show, we explore what marketers need to know about changes to verification, scheduling, and organic impressions for Facebook pages with our special guest, Gavin Bell. I want to talk to you real quick. Do you guys want to stay ahead of your competitors? Do you need to master a social platform? Are you struggling to measure your ROI? Well, you can discover how to improve your social media marketing at Social Media Marketing World 2020, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. You'll rub shoulders with some of the biggest names and brands in social media, soak up countless tips and new strategies, and enjoy extensive networking opportunities in sunny San Diego, California. So don't miss the industry's largest conference. Get in early for some big discounts. Register today at socialmediamarketing.world. That's socialmediamarketing.world. Well, let me introduce our guest for today because I'm a big fan and I know a lot of you guys are as well. Gavin Bell is an award-winning expert, vlogger, and speaker on Facebook advertising and funnel building. You can follow Gavin on Facebook and Twitter at, at Mr. Gavin Bell to learn more about him. Gavin, welcome to the show today. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, good to see you too. Thanks for having me, Bo. Yeah. So we're going to jump right into this. So um, we've got some news that people are in a tizzy, a little bit of tizzy about. Facebook removes these gray verification badge from pages. So Grace, what's this all about? It's basically it. They're beginning to remove the gray verification badge that, that basically function the same way as Facebook's blue verification badge for public figures, media companies, and brands, except these were designed for small businesses. And they were first introduced in 2015 to uh, help people find the right and authentic accounts for their local merchants. So let's say that you're a small local business, like a pet store, happened to be at the pet store this morning, and you wanted to make sure that people that were looking for you on Facebook found the right one and that your evil competitor that opened a page just like yours, <laughs> that you know they weren't mistaken and they didn't get the wrong page, right? So this was offered to, again, small businesses as an easy way to verify that their page actually belonged to them. And it was supposed to help your page show up higher in search results. So if someone was looking for your business name, that because yours was verified, it would uh, filter up as being more authentic, just more accurate, right? So, but Facebook stated that with the removal of these gray verification badges, it won't impact search results. But with these gone, Gavin, do you think this will impact how people are going to be able to find an authentic page for these small businesses. It's It's been a huge concern for everyone that I know that is a solopreneur and runs a small business. Yeah, I think um, perhaps controversially, I don't think it's going to make it the slightest difference. If I'm oh, really? Honest. Yeah, you know, when I when I came across this news and, and, and saw that they're removing it, I was a bit like, 
all right, I totally forgot that that was even a thing. <laughs> like, I'm aware of the blue verification badges and they mean something to me. Like, when I see a blue verification badge, I'm like, oh, that person is legit. But gray verification badge, I've, I've always just been a bit like, I don't really care. And I think is probably one of those things that small business owners put too high in their priority list when it comes to our Facebook strategy. And they think it's more important than it actually is. Because I think if you are active on your Facebook account, putting out good content, a little gray badge isn't going to make the slightest difference. You know, it's funny you said that because I was the same way. So I was like, because, you know, I've done stuff with clients before and that's just not a big priority. And to be honest, a gray badge it feels like it's incomplete. It's like, you know, when you have like an icon or something you don't fill out or something, a lot of times it's grayed out. And I was always like, it just seems like it's like, uh, you're not really the blue. So here's something that Facebook's just throwing to you. And I never look at and see if somebody has a gray verification. I see if they're, you know, active in the post. So, you know, for those people who are being concerned about this being removed from the platform, I know it's, and you kind of hinted at it, that pages, I mean, companies really need to make extra effort to, you know, make sure that people see that their page is authentic and, you know, they want to look and see if anybody's, you know, like they're trying to be claiming to be connected with that company. So are there ways in which a page admin can improve their page visibility and follow follower management? I know that's, I mean, I know that's a big thing. Their engagement is, you know, we could do a whole show on that with you on there, but do you have like some tips for in that area, Gavin? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think I always like to look at my own consumer behavior when I'm Mm trying to judge whether a change in the market is something that we should be worried about or not. And my reaction there to the gray badge of, oh, I didn't even know they were there, kind of goes to show that like, it doesn't really matter. I think it's very easy for a consumer to see within like 10 seconds of going on the Facebook page, whether they're legit or not, right? And, and some of the things that are going to show whether they're legit are, do they have a profile picture that is actually cropped to the right size? Do they have a cover image that's actually cropped to the right size? Is there address, phone number, email there? Have they been active on that page recently? I think Facebook has three main goals, really, which is more people on the platform, spending more time on the platform so they can get more ad revenue. If you are a page and you're looking to kind of have that authority and and increase your reach, you need to play Facebook's game. So we need Mm -hmm. to be creating content that keeps people on the platform, staying on the platform for longer. So it's not good enough to have a gray verification badge, but never post anything. You need to be actually investing time into creating video content, for example, or a live show, for example, to give the people on Facebook like what they want and to give mm-hmm. Facebook what they want from an algorithm and uh, an overall engagement uh, user experience point of view. So would you, would your, your main thought, like when people are concerned with you is just don't worry about, you know, trying to find another way to verify and all this stuff, but to actually, you know, create content and you mentioned video. So what are some of your other thoughts on, you know, what they can do if they're worried about their visibility and follower engagement? Yeah, I think actually I'm going to add to this as well is something, I don't know whether this is coincidence or not, but I've had an increase in the number of people this week direct messaging me asking if I can help them, if I can get them verified. I'm not even verified myself, but I think it's because we're a Facebook partner that they think that we can get them verified. So I don't know whether this is a coincidence that people are because they're getting this verification away, they want the blue badge or not. But in terms of their overall engagement on Facebook, 
the simplest thing that you can do is, is simply ask yourself, what do my customers want to see when they go on to Facebook? So what does my perfect customer want to see? And the easiest way to answer that question is to ask yourself the question, what questions am I being asked most often? It's all about the questions. Mm-hmm. What questions am I being asked most often as a business owner? So let's say that we are a, a chiropractor over a chiropractor in a local area. Your customers are probably coming to you saying, I've got a sore back. How can I get rid of this back pain? You need to then take those questions that you're always getting asked, the problems that your customers are facing, and simply create one-minute videos on those topics and share that on Facebook. And if you do that, you're answering the questions that people have, you're solving their problems. And because they're then consuming that content, Facebook is saying, well, we're going to give you more reach because you're helping us with those goals of keeping more people on the platform, spending more time on it. Very cool. And if you want some great examples of this, I know, Gavin, you have been putting out a lot of good video content lately, uh, even on your Twitter feed. So make sure you follow him at Mr. Gavin Bell because he has some great examples of what he was just talking about. So make sure you you check that out. Also, Grace, this kind of rolls right into our next section. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they get they they took away something and now they're giving something new to us. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and and they're very stealth about it as well. So the uh, grave verification badge is going away October twenty eighth. So sometime next week they're going to start facing. You're they're starting to and alert people that it's going away and it's supposed to go away on that. But starting on November seventh. Facebook is rolling out a new kind of business verification, another way to show your legitimacy as a business. And so they're notifying page admins through Business Manager about how to verify. And this was first, this update was shared by Dennis Hugh on his Mm -hmm. Facebook page, but it was also found on our very own social media examiner Facebook page and our CEO and founder, Mike Stelzer, was kind enough to walk me through the process that he went through to get our page verified. I'm going to walk through this for our podcast listeners and try to describe it. So there was an announcement in the Facebook's business manager page, and we found this on the social media examiner uh, page. And so the notice said that starting November 7th, some information from verified businesses or organizations will be visible on your pages. So this update seems to have been extended to pages with large audiences in the U.S., and or those running political or issue content. Now, I think we have a large audience. Don't think we're doing the political issue content, but that's why we got included in this, right? And so you would go into your business manager, go into business settings, uh, security center, uh, business verification, and then you would view details. From there, you follow through the steps of the process and you will get either a verification either through email or phone or phone call and they will send you a verification code. Once you enter that in, uh, your page will become confirmed, right? And oh, sorry, I forgot to note, if you're going to ask for an email, you have to have them send it to an email associated with your company ID, right? right. So so it went to Mike at, social, Mike at socialmediaexaminer.com. So that then confirmed that it was associated with our company page. And then from there, you get, uh, once you roll through all that confirmation, you get a badge that says, page transparency, Facebook is showing information to help you better understand the purpose of this page. And then it says, confirmed page owner, social media examiner. This is on our Facebook page. So that is the whole process. This was kind of rolled out. I didn't see any big announcements about this. And they don't give any sort of like, you have to be this size. They just say large audience, which what does that mean? So uh, Gavin, I'd love to know your thoughts on this update and any, you know, insights that you have on this. Is this something that you have a lot of clients come to you now? It's like, oh, we got this notice. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's 
It's really interesting with the news of them taking away the verification of the pages, because what I'm kind of really interested in is Mark Zuckerberg's uh, talk that he gave last week or, or whenever it was, where he came out and said that the that the way that we can sort all of the problems that Facebook are having right now is to increase the verification of pages and businesses and also delete fake accounts. So on one hand, he's taking away the verification of the pages and then asking us to verify businesses. So I wonder if we're moving into a place where almost everything and everyone on Facebook has to be verified. But I think where this is really coming from and stemming from is it's all to do with the political advertising that's been going on. And uh, I think it's just a way of Facebook either covering their own back when it comes to all the legal issues that are coming off this. So they can say, we are verifying every advertiser, every business, everyone that's got a large audience, or whether this is like the start of a, a, a larger movement towards everyone having to be verified as a business if you're running ads. So I wouldn't say there's been a massive influx or any concern from our clients over in the US, to be honest. What's interesting to me is looking at our business manager and some of our kind of UK clients is that the verification option is there, but it's grayed out and there's no way of us clicking on it. So that's kind of what leads me to think that this verification might be something that is starting with large audiences in the US or political, but will move over towards either everyone or perhaps everybody that's associated with audiences that are of X size or, or above. Yeah, I think anything, they're under a lot of pressure to cover their rear ends. And so I I totally agree with you on that. And one of the things that's interesting that they noted in the Help Center, it says, though not every business needs to be verified on Facebook, you must be a verified business to access certain Facebook products and developer features. Well, that just, that makes me like, okay, I want whatever you're saying. You know, I'm not going to get some certain products or features because, and so it's, I don't know why they even said that, you know, if they're saying you only get certain things. Anyway, it's just, once again, it's kind of confusing why they would do something like that. Yeah, there's, it's um, classic Facebook introducing things. It'll probably be taken away in a couple of weeks and replaced with something else and something else for us to all worry about. Exactly. Well, they, they've actually come up with some more, uh, even more things for pages. This is like, we'll just call this the, the Facebook pages podcast episode, because uh, what, you know, they're removing post scheduling for pages. And this, this was initially thought to be a bug. And Mari Smith uh, went and confirmed that page admins can no longer schedule page posts without access to creator studio, publishing tools, or business manager. Uh, And mobile users can also use the uh, Facebook page manager app to schedule posts. So they're really doing this thing to get people. I've noticed it with video, like everything needs to come out of creator studio. Um, But this was first reported by Mari and I hadn't really seen anything about it officially and people thought it was a bug. And then we see in our community that it seems to be accurate. Have you seen this update? Do you uh, know anything about it beyond what Mari posted on her page? Yeah, it's, it kind of reminds me of what you just said there about Facebook saying you can get these extra features if you do this thing. Because mm. when I when I look at a posting now, I've got a message that word for word says post scheduling and additional options are available in publishing tools and business manager. So they're pushing uh. us towards these tools if we want to schedule posts, which obviously a lot of people are going to want to do. So 
why do you think they're pushing people to, to greater studio? Why does it make a difference that we're having to go to this different screen? Because, you know, a lot of these uh, our business users, you know, they're small businesses, you know, they're strapped for time and they don't have a social media department. It was confusing before because you could do it all in these one places. Do you think they're trying to funnel us into one to make it simpler or it just kind of seems counterintuitive a little bit? Yeah, the only reason that I can think for this to for them to do this because it is annoying having to learn a new tool and is they're them wanting to move towards more of a YouTube studio mm. type vibe. This is the only reason I can really think because if you think about YouTube and the management of a YouTube channel, me, I upload maybe two videos a week. I'm always in the YouTube studio, whether that's right. editing videos, looking at analytics, replying to comments, it all happens in this one YouTube studio place with Facebook, that's not really the case, is it? You kind of upload using that little tool and then you go comment on the individual posts and right. it's different. So with them wanting to move to more longer form style content and become a, a destination platform where people actually go to Facebook to watch something like YouTube, I, it's the only reason that I can fathom why they would want to introduce a new tool for scheduling posts. And if you think about it, 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 if that's their goal, it would make sense. Yeah. Well, I want to bring up a comment from Mary uh, in Crowdcast. She goes, Creator Studio seems more attached to Instagram, which I think that's maybe a good point too, because it's a really good way where you can schedule posts on Instagram. You can see analytics, you see what's going on. Some people are happy about it. Some people aren't having, you know, Facebook and Instagram really kind of get tighter. That makes sense to me. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, totally. And if Facebook are looking to introduce a new product to try and compete with TikTok, mm. if we're able to then create posts, well, their version of TikTok in that one place as well, it could actually in the long run make our jobs easier. Because right now, if you want to make a video for Instagram, Facebook, uh, and say TikTok, you've got to get your editor to create three different files. I wonder whether it's going to be possible for us to you know, take one raw file and then share it across the different platforms all within this one creator studio. That's a potential reason for it. And you could also then add Instagram stories and Facebook stories to that as well. So yeah, I guess it's a great point by Mary. I think it's probably one of those two things, move towards YouTube studio type idea or a move towards actually making it easier for us to create. And and one of the, one of the things I have to say when it comes to changes on social and Facebook is, it's very easy for us to get annoyed at them changing things. <laughs> right. But normally they're changing things for the good. If you think right. about algorithms and all the other things that they've done to annoy us. Right. Normally we're annoyed <laughs> at the start and then we're like, oh, I kind of get it now. Yeah. And also we're <laughs> always like, they're making changes for the end user. And marketers usually aren't the end users. For the yes, <laughs> we get in there and we, we, with our grubby hands, usually try to make things worse, but uh, they're trying to look for their end user. So yeah, that was a great point, Gavin. So well, Grace, we have some more, even more uh, Facebook news. Well, I wanted to comment on what Gavin yeah. just said. And last week we were talking about the templates, the stories templates for, and they introduced them for Facebook, Instagram, and then Messenger. So you make a great point of how they're trying to link these two, where you do just upload assets, you know, just that you happen to have, and that's supposed to make it easier. So that I did, I didn't make that connection until just now. So the magic Very of the cool. show. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so thank you for that, Gavin. No, the next thing up was that they are. Uh, now this was interesting. It seemed like a non-issue to me. One of those things where it was like so much outrage. And then I was like, well, I don't know. But you tell me, Gavin, if this is, if my outrage is appropriate. So between, they're saying that between October 16th 
which was last week and uh, October 28th, they're rolling out changes to how repeat organic page impressions will be filtered and calculated on pages. So, and this change was intended to better align with the methodology that they're using to calculate ad impressions. Well, first of all, I think it sucks if you're a social media manager. You're going to have to go and tell all your clients why your impressions are are down. Because your, your clients or bosses or whoever it may be are going to go, why are our impressions reduced? And you're going to have to tell them that there's a problem with Facebook or Facebook are doing something different. So first of all, that's my initial thought. But second of all, what, what's happening here is Facebook are bringing how they measure organic impressions in line with how they measure the advertising impressions. And what this essentially means, if I've gathered this correctly, is if somebody is scrolling through their phone before, if they saw an ad, they scrolled away from that ad and they went back up to that ad, that would be counted as two impressions. Whereas now that that one thing would be one impression. So that's why impressions are going to go down. But what's actually, the only difference here really is how the data is shown. This isn't going to uh, change our distribution in our content, it's not actually changing the impressions that we're going to get from our content. So people, I think the outrage has come because people are saying, oh, impressions are going to be down. Facebook are like just trying to make us move to this pay to play, blah, 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 blah. What's actually happening is not the case. That's not the case. What's happening is Facebook are just giving you the data in a slightly different way or they're, they're calculating the data in a different way. So nothing's going to change from a distribution point of view, just a, how we see the data. So do, would you... Uh say that their reporting is becoming more accurate. I think that once again, they're trying to cover their their rear ends to make sure that, you know, what you're paying for is what you're getting. But from what I understand, this is for um, not just ads, but it's also for organic page impressions. Am I correct on that? So that's why yeah. you, your point about like <laughs> when, you're, when your um, clients start reading your reports, like, whoa, what happened? Because I was reading all these news articles like, don't panic. It's not, don't, you know, everyone's freaking out about these numbers. And so what, this is kind of put you on the spot, but what would you help? Uh, like if, you know, what are you going to be telling your clients so like so people who are uh, listening to this can go, oh, that's a great idea. I need to start educating my clients on this change that is coming. Yeah, it's a funny one because whenever we have, whenever there's a, something happens in Facebook, like I think it was last weekend or two weeks ago, Facebook had this big error worldwide, essentially, where we, you couldn't change or update an ad set. And we have to then go to all our clients and say, our campaigns can't go live this weekend because there's a problem with Facebook. I promise it's Facebook. It's not us. And it's... <laughs> There's no real way of being able to to tell them. So the best thing that I found from a client engagement point of view is tell them early. Like yeah. Tell them, don't try and hide these things. It's just be upfront with them and say, look, Facebook are making these changes. Here are some of the outlets that are showing these changes that are going to happen. What I need you to prepare for is our impressions are going to be down. But that doesn't mean that our impressions are actually down. It just means that Facebook are calculating these things in a different way. So I went, I, I was looking at Matt Navarra, mm -hmm. his tweet that I think he was one of the first people to, to show this. And all the replies to his tweets were, Facebook are just trying to get our money. They're reducing our reach again. Right. They did this right. a couple of years ago with their algorithm change. That's not the case at all. It's just that uh, your distribution and your impressions and your reach will all be the same as they have been. It's just... Facebook are showing them in a different way, calculating, calculating them in a different way. So your data tells you that the impressions are lower. That's a, that's a great piece of advice, how to, to educate your clients and, and bosses. So uh, this goes right into the next thing, Grace, about the, the ad placement. So tell us about that a little bit. 
Yeah, they just opened search ad placements to all advertisers. So they began testing this in the newsfeed and the marketplace last year, I believe. I think we reported on it last December, and then they expanded it to more advertisers in July, and it announced that they're now rolling these out more broadly to all advertisers. But these placements right now are only visible on mobile right now. So, and, you know, Gavin, when we reported on this in July, there were a few caveats right about this, right? So they noted that there was no option to target based on keywords. You're required to run newsfeed ads as well. So you couldn't run search ads, just search ads, right? So from my from my understanding on all of this, what, what we're seeing here, the biggest change that's come recently is that this placement is now going to be automatic for everybody. Oh. So if you create your campaigns and you leave the placements as automatic, then you're going to automatically have that search results in there. So my understanding is that is the main change right now. Uh, but what, what, what you're going to see, what we're seeing is that when you run a search ad, it's not quite like Google search ads right now. I actually do think, which we can maybe talk about this, that's where Facebook are going to move to in terms of being able to target by keywords and things. But currently, uh, it's still relatively unchanged in that if we run a placement uh, the search placement, we're still just targeting people based on demographics, interests, behaviors. And what happens is what's going to happen is Facebook will target people based on those things, but they'll also be, they'll also uh, serve our ad in the search placements based on what people have searched. But we don't get to determine the keywords. Facebook are determining the keywords based on the things like the description, the text, the headline. Uh, so it's still, it's, it, the easiest way to explain this would just be imagine the when somebody searches for something on Facebook an ad appears there rather than trying to explain it as it's a search ad in the same form as Google in terms yeah. of people are searching a topic and we can uh, add our ads into there based on the topic that they've typed in the keyword that they've typed in it's not that so we're not there yet so let's pretend like somebody who's just coming and listening to this podcast for the first time, they're just starting Facebook ads. Can you tell them and kind of educate us the difference between search ads and different types of ads? I mean, I know there's tons of different kinds of ads on, on Facebook, but why is this search ad so different from kind of all the other ones? Yeah. So when, when you create an ad campaign, you have the ability to choose placements, which is where is your ad actually going to, to be seen. So we can we can select the mobile news feed, mm. we can select the Instagram feed, the Facebook uh, desktop news feed, audience network, messenger, marketplace, loads and loads of different placements. The search one is essentially just another one of these placements. So when you go onto Facebook and you type in something like cat videos and you come up with that page that gives you all the different cat videos and pages mm. that are related to cat videos, we'll now be able to have an ad in there. Similarly, with mark, on Facebook Marketplace, if you type in something like used car, when the list of used car comes up, we'll be able to have an ad in there. The slight difference between that, the search and the standard placements, like the newsfeed, is that Facebook are going to be looking at the content of your ad and they're going to be serving that not just to the people that you target, but also people that have searched in relevant terms mm. based on your ad. And, and yeah. also, I, I understand, you know, like when you create a, a campaign, you can select just, I just want to do it in the mobile. But from what I understand, you're not going to be able to say, I just want to do search ads. You have to have like more than one. Is that correct? Or or can you just do search ads? 
As far as I'm aware, currently you still have to, like Grace said, you still have to run the desktop ads to get the okay. search ads as well. Gotcha. Um, but what what I if we want to go future, what I can see happening is the search part of Facebook, the search advertising part of Facebook becoming way more like Google. Mm. Uh, I can I can see it getting to a point where we are, we're advertising based on keywords. So if you are a brand that's selling flat shoes, you can literally type in the keyword flat shoes. And whenever somebody types that into Google, that ad appears or in marketplace that, that appears. So we're definitely moving towards there, but it's still very primitive just now. Yeah, I agree with you because, you know, they're running out of inventory where they can put ads. And I'm sure, you know, this is one more place where they can figure out, oh, if, you know, if we can make this a little bit more robust, then there's a whole nother section that advertisers will spend money on. So I think that's a great point. Well, Gavin, you've been a fount of knowledge today. Thanks so much for coming on there. Uh, we want to make sure that you have an opportunity to tell people where they can find you and like what you're working on right now. Yeah, you can head over to mrgavinbell.com. That's my main corner of the website. And the thing that I'm going to plug today, Jeff, is on Tuesday, a podcast with the very social media uh, examiner's very own Jeff C. We've got a podcast coming out, the Funnily Enough show, where we talk all about humor, actually. Humor on stage, mm-hmm. uh, humor in life. And uh, it's a really, really good episode. It's one that I'm sure everybody that's listening will enjoy. Gavin, what's Thanks. your podcast about? Is it on social media marketing or is it on other topics? So it's it's called the Funnily Enough Show. It's a 25-minute okay. show. Uh, and what I like to do on the show is bring on, season one is bringing on the best marketing speakers, people, uh, influencers, if you want to use that term, in the space. And not just speaking to them about marketing, but speaking to them about life and trying to find a unique unique angle with everybody. So we had Jeff on rather than speaking about Pinterest, we spoke about Jeff's humor on stage because watching Jeff on stage, I found hilarious. Um, And so, yeah, so we had, we've had Kim on, we've had Mary Smith on, we've had amazing guests on and uh, yeah, it's good fun. It's a great podcast. I mean, I've never been interviewed in in exactly that style before. So it was really fun. It's a, like he said, it's a totally uh, awesome angle a uh, different angle than what you're maybe used to. And it's a lot of fun. So you make sure you guys go not just listen to mine one, which I want you to do, but all the other ones there as well, because it's a great podcast to go binge and listen to. So Gavin, thanks so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Bye. So we're going to move on to the next sec- section here. And it's of course my favorite one. We're talking about all about Pinterest. So yes. we've got some interesting Pinterest things that are coming our way. Um, the we first have some one, interesting news. Uh, this came out like what last week, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been talking about it a lot lately. So, and I wish we, you know, we've been talking about Facebook pages and all this stuff lately. I wish that Facebook would take a like a a note from Pinterest and actually implement some of these things. So, Pinterest, what the the news is, Pinterest is adding new ways to control your home feed. So it's easier than ever to control the recommendations you see in your home feed with these new home feed tuners and it's called a and pin level control. So here's what it essentially boils down to. So let's say that I, I'm, I'm wanting to build a fire pit for my backyard and my, for my deck. So I, I find, you know, I'm looking through there, I'm finding all these pins. And so Pinterest in the algorithm notices that I'm looking at fire pits. So they're serving me up more fire pins on how to do things, DIY stuff. And so I'm getting all those. And so eventually I do build that fire pit on my deck. Unfortunately, I built it wrong and I burnt my deck down. And so I never want to see pins about fire pits again. 
So I'm able to go inside of the boards and train my feed to say, I don't want to see this type of content. So you're actually tuning the algorithm to to see what you really want to see on Pinterest. And you could do that on the board level, which is really cool. So I could like, um, if I had a board that I was sharing all of my fire, like I had a fire pit board, I could actually turn that off and I wouldn't see recommendations on that again. The other cool thing is that now being able to have this board level control, I can actually turn on or off the recommendations I get for secret boards. So let's say I'm on the keto diet and, but I'm, I don't want all my people to see that I'm on the keto diet. So I have that turned, I have that turned to a secret board, but I can still turn it on and see, you know, keto recipes showing up in my home feed. So it's a really cool way to tune everything. So you get the experience that you want to have on Pinterest. So before, if you had a secret board, was it before that you wouldn't see recommendations? It would, yeah, it would not show up in your feed. It was just a secret board. It was secret to everything. But now you can like turn it on so the algorithm sees that you have a secret board and you can get recommendations on that. And you don't have to, you can, you can turn on, you know, secret boards, you know, you don't have to turn on all secret boards or none of them. I mean, you can, you can select which ones you want. So it's very, very cool to kind of tune to see what you want. Um, one of the things I would say for marketers, once again, it's important to make sure you're putting out quality content because it reminds me a lot of the Instagram mute where you can hold down somebody's stories who like have annoyed you because they have their dashes turns into dots on how many stories they have. And you're tired of seeing all those and you can mute them. It's kind of the same thing on Pinterest. Somebody could actually like say, I don't want to see, you know, these from this guy anymore and, and hide those and turn them off. Uh, so they wouldn't see them. So that's kind of, kind of cuts both ways a little bit. Cool. And is this feature available to all users everywhere? Or is it a select rollout or who, who has access to this? I think it's rolled out to everybody. I, I have it. It came out really quick. Um, the other thing that's really, really cool is, um, so like when you get a pin in your feed, you, you don't just have board level control. You also have pin level control. So you can tap like the three dots on a pin and you can give feedback if you don't like it. So if it's something that's, you know, just totally out of like, if I get a hair braid tutorial in my feed, I'm like, I'm done with, you know, uh, and I'll, and I'll say why I don't like it. I'll say it does. It's not the content I want. And it kind of hides that pin and then it trains the algorithm that you don't want to see those kind of things in the future. Cool. And it's, and it's available globally and across all platforms. So um, it has, if you haven't got it yet, you may want to update your app or uh, you know, but most people that I've talked to have had it. And so it's supposedly be out globally for everybody. I'll have to check that out. I've been using Pinterest quite a bit lately because I've been, I'm trying to change all the light fixtures in my house. And yes. I was telling Jeff this earlier, I, I don't know how to describe what style my light fixture is. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and so I, and I keep seeing the same things over and over again. So this, I'm going to check this out. Yeah. Thanks. And it's interesting thanks. you say that about the, uh, cause what you're using is Pinterest lens, which is like, um, you know, that you take a picture and it searches things that are, you know, like that same light fixture. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying that more, I can't remember the exact percentage, but more and more people are using that lens feature um, mm-hmm. for Pinterest. So like what I tell marketers, I, you know, the more images you put up, the better. So, you know, do isolated shots, do lifestyle shots, do all sorts mm-hmm. of those for your, when you're doing Pinterest, because of the example, exactly, you're, you're trying to find stuff and you're using the tools I give you. And uh, right. it's pretty amazing that it, they can do that. I like that it can also manage, like, I like, oh, I like this style. It just helps you better, like, right. zone in on what it is that you're looking for. And so the I news we to- just talked about, like, when when you're done, when you got all your light fixtures replaced, you can t- 
tune that so you don't see it anymore. You can go back to getting, you know, chicken tetrazzini recipes or whatever you're you're into over on pitches. <laughs> Hair so. braiding. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I'm getting all this. So this is not the only Pinterest news we have. Right. There was another thing that was uh this was found in the wild. So I have not seen it, but perhaps you have. So it looks like Pinterest has begun rolling out a new pin format which includes minor functional tweaks. So we're talking about, you know, more personalization. And then it separates each pin element more specifically. So we found this in social media today. Jeff, can you walk us through what, what these are and what they look like? Yeah, so it's I haven't got it yet either. And it's it's basically a test that somebody um, went through and kind of looked at the code and found this inside of there. But they've changed the, the link. The save and send buttons are down below instead of up at the top. Uh, it kind of gives you the, the visual layout of your pin a little bit more focus. And, you know, it, the pin will also take up more of the screen. And it's kind of made more for vertical viewing, which most people do because I think it's like 85 to 90 percent of people who are on Pinterest are using their mobile device and so um, it's just a great it's a, it's like a, just a little aesthetic aesthetic change that uh, I think will help in the long run but it's nothing really you know earth shattering um, it I the, the biggest thing for me is I love the new Pinterest dark mode we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and I think this is going to tie into that a little bit with you know being able to make that image really highlighted at the front of, in front and center. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this was found by Jane Manchin Wong. She mm -hmm. spotted it last April, but it was recently tweeted by Matt Navarro and then covered in uh, social media today. Right. One more point is that the way it's breaking it down and it gives you more information underneath the pin will be better for marketers because it's going to give you kind of it's going to highlight what you can do for this pin. So like if it's a product pin, it's going to show you the price and how and where to go to order that. If it's an article for all you bloggers out there, it's going to be really significant kind of real estate where it says read this or, you know, that kind of thing. So it'll drive traffic for people to read your blog post. So I think it's all around a good thing. Absolutely. Well, well, hopefully we'll see it. Hopefully it'll uh, roll out and we'll be able to see more of this because I think I like the way that it was broken down. So it just took those, those different elements. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing that we noticed uh, or we found this week was that. Uh, so last time we had Jeff on, we talked about the emoji reactions for group boards and we got all of your feelings or non feelings right. about group boards right. that day. He does not like the people like They're I, I okay. know I just they just don't work as well as they used to. That's I don't <laughs> hate them. I'm not an anti group board. I'm just like, it's just not worth my time. So just not into group projects, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I'm very solo. <laughs> I'm very introverted when it's my Pinterest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All the A's go to you. So um, this one is the emote. There's one aspect of it where you could react to uh, pins and a, a group board with emojis. So, mm -hmm. and it like my favorite one was dislike. <laughs> so now they're, it looks like they're rolling this out to Pinterest videos. So fresh from rolling on the group boards, Pinterest is now testing a whole new style of quick emoji characters uh, for videos posted on the platform. Again, this was another find by Jane Manchin Wong. And again, you know, this is, this is to be expected, I think. I don't think that if this rolls out, it's a surprise, but uh, I haven't seen it personally. Have you, Jeff? Have you checked? Have you? I went and tried to find it because the interesting thing is, is they're different emojis than they were for the group board. So they're really? Like okay. Yeah, it's a different set. So, I, and once again, this is just kind of a test. It's not rolled out to everybody. I don't have it. A lot of other people, I haven't found anybody who's got it, but you wonder if you're going to get, if they're going to like test out one set of emojis for video pins and one for, you know, the group boards, or are they going to merge them together? What's going to happen? I do like the dislike thing. Cause I think it's kind of cool that you can say you don't like something. <laughs> um, but you know, once again, and we talked about this, the other show, I, 
Pinterest will go on TV, on the big news outlets and say they are not a social platform. They are a search engine, you know, a visual marketing engine. And then they do this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, this seems social to me. And so I've talked to my friends like Elisa Meredith and Peg Fitzpatrick. I'm going, what are they doing? So I, I think they're trying, you know, to just to get more interaction on the platform because they have advertisers just like Facebook and they need to sell uh, ad ad uh, spots. So I think this is just a way that people can react. And if it's easy to do, like it's really, you hold down on your mobile device and pin something like super quick. If it's easy to do an emoji, like the same thing, I think that might give you some, um, you know, you can kind of gauge how that pin is working. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this stuff, the socialish type of stuff works out on Pinterest. It's just a quick form of engagement, though. I mean, yeah. like, I think that's why GIFs and everything of, you know, emojis everywhere else have caught on. Because sometimes, like, my react, my feelings are better expressed by this GIF. So. <laughs> and Exactly. I, I know. You sent me some. So, um, the, my, but my thing is, is, but you don't really engage on Pinterest. You save no. or you go to a link and read more about it or you repin it. It's just... So it's like another step. Will people use it or not? It just depends. I mean, I can see it for, especially for like cooking recipes and some, you know, and the style, the style pins and all that kind of stuff. So that might be good. But for some of the other stuff, I, I just don't know if it would, you know, will people going to, you know, heart a, you know, fire pit? You burn down your deck. Not burn my deck. I know. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. No, absolutely. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. I think I've noticed that Pinterest does tend to roll things out to uh, different verticals, right? So they'll roll things out for just home and fashion, or they'll just Mm -hmm. roll something out to just food or just recipes. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was just for certain types of videos, right? Like meme type videos or stuff. So we'll see. But that's all our Pinterest news for this week. Exciting stuff. Glad you're able to. Yep. But that's not all. We actually have some other news. Uh, This morning, Facebook dropped some news about news. They rolled out a news tab. It's rolling out in the United States. It's rolling out to a few hundred thousand users. I believe that as we are recording the show, one of our um, commenters here said that Mark Zuckerberg is on live right now to uh, talk about it. Stealing our audience all the time. Oh, taking away our impressions, but anyway. <laughs> um, so this is rolling out. Sorry, this is rolling on the U.S. Uh, and it is um, they're hosting content from select big publishers. So this is the Wall Street Journal, U.S. Today, USA Today, and BuzzFeed. Which, whatever your opinion about BuzzFeed, it might be, it is a big media player, right? Mm-hmm. So Facebook say is saying that it is paying some, but not all participating publishers for their work, which is a welcome revenue stream for um, the media industry, which, as we know, over the last few years has been declining due to, right. you know, just the the way that uh, the internet is monetized. Uh, and so readers will be able to access content from four distinct sections. So there'll be a today's story section. There will be a personalized section, which is algorithmically curated, much like the same way I think trending topics used to be. And then there will be a topic section for specific topics. And then uh, those of you that have paid subscriptions to these publications can also get it in a one feed on your Facebook. So you wake up in the morning, check your Facebook. There's all your subscriptions on there. So um, you can find out more about this on our show recap, um, 
I think we linked to uh, an article from The Verge that uh, broke it this morning. So you'll be able to get all the information on that. So I think this is really interesting because this has, you know, because for a long time, people got their news from Facebook. And that's what got them into a lot of trouble with all the fake news. Uh, And so they kind of took all that away. And now they're slowly adding it back with some really stringent, I think, you know, walls to keep the the bad stuff out, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm I'm interested to see how this is going to work because a lot of people moved from when they couldn't do that. They go to like Apple. This is kind of a shot across uh, Apple News's bow because, and to be honest, that's where I get all my news usually in the mornings. I go to my curated mm-hmm. feeds in Apple News. It's right on my devices, and so it'll be interesting to see if they can get some of this market share back that they lost uh, when all this stuff went down. So. Very cool stuff. I'm interested to do listen to Mark Zuckerberg and see what he has to say about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I get my news from Google News because I'm on a I have a Pixel, not an Apple device. So uh, uh yeah, yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Also a shot. Yes. <laughs> Shots yes, fired. Yes, that's right. So this uh some more Facebook news, and this is kind of kind of Pinteresty a little bit. That Facebook is reportedly working on a strange shopping related feature. And this is uh, from once again, Matt Navarra. He shared a tweet from a user who posted this kind of interesting screenshot You will you, where you can see when this user views a photo of a dress on Facebook, a number of suggestions for a similar dress from possibly the competitors and brands pop up as well. And of course, this new feature isn't available publicly, nor has it been announced or confirmed by Facebook. So it's best to assume that this is the development phase. But this is what just what Grace was talking about over on Pinterest with the lens is taking a picture and being able to pull up, you know, all the other content where you can buy it, et cetera. So this is really interesting to me if they're going to try to kind of go after Pinterest. And Google even has kind of a lens feature that they yeah. can use as well. So this visual recognition is really starting to be a kind of a hot um, kind of competitiveness between all the big networks. So real interesting to see how this is going to play out. I don't know how active uh, you might be on on Facebook Marketplace. I, I tend to go in spurts where I'll be looking for one thing. And I've got, I kind of, it's always cool to find out that my neighbor is selling like the thing that I want or, you know, someone right. in my neighborhood wants. Something. So I, I've been on there and. Um, so you just like, lurk, you're a lurker on Facebook. Yes, I'm a lurker. I'm a window <laughs> yeah. shopper. So yeah, no more social media, ah, yeah, shopping. Yeah. So in Marketplace, they have a lot of people that are listing things locally. They have relationships with e-commerce sites. I see this fitting right in with what's going on there, right? I mean, it's a real, it's really active. There's a whole right. protocol. You know, there's there's yeah. things. So, yeah. And the interesting thing is, because we, I'm going to back up to what Gavin was saying about the search ads thing. So there are also those things can pop up into Marketplace, which is where you were talking about. And so mm-hmm. how those ads are going to work inside of, you know, will you be able to target people who are using kind of a lens feature on Facebook? That's a really interesting thing because, man, you talk about if somebody's searching for it that they're taking a picture with and your ad can come up on there. Ooh, that seems like that's going to be a, a really a good place for marketers to put content that they want to sell. Uh, if you can pay a little bit extra and get right there as like a, you know, suggested search, kind of like Amazon mm-hmm. does or something like that inside of the marketplace, that would be pretty cool. So we'll Especially see. with dynamic pricing, right? With yeah. dynamic pricing. So I've noticed that like someone will be selling 
Again, with my light fixtures, right? They'll be selling something. They're like, well, I bought this. It was $9,000 when I bought it. And I'm going to sell it to you for $5,000. i am like, well, you see. And then there'll be an app there from, hope I can name the Wayfair, right? right and then yeah. it'll be like, oh, it's $90. I'm like, okay. So, yeah. and, and then I'll go back a few days later and like that price will fluctuate depending on whether or not that other thing is still available. Now, I don't know if that works together. If that's coincidence. Right. But Same. so I think those search ads plus dynamic pricing plus whatever else they're doing in marketplace is keeping me on Facebook. But anyway. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it is. So anyway, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, we want to remind you again, you can find more details, links, and notes on everything discussed in today's episodes in our social media marketing talk show recap. It publishes on Saturday at social media examiner. You can find it at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. And you can also, don't forget, you can find our audio podcast of the show on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher with new episodes publishing every Monday. And we want to make sure to remind you, don't forget to register for Social Media Marketing World 2020 at socialmediamarketing.world. Grace will be there. I'll be there. Michael Stelz will be there. All your favorite social media folks are going to be there. It's a great thing. It's, it's like summer camp. We always have a great time when we go back. Make sure you go because it's the you know, the prices are the best they're ever going to be. So go to socialmediamarketing.world. That's socialmediamarketing.world. Special thanks for the always super smart and lovely Grace Duffy as the co-host and producer. She does an amazing job. and so glad to be able to fill in for Eric today. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeff, for being a lovely and beautiful host as well. Thank you. Uh, Eric will be back next week. So, and we also want to thank Gavin Bell again for joining us from the UK. It was late for him to join us on a Friday evening. So double thanks for giving up right. a part of your weekend to be with us. And uh, our next show will be November 1st at 10 a.m. Pacific right here in Crowdcast. Uh, you can register live and then you could also add the show to your weekly calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. And with that, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we will see everybody next time. Bye now. Hi, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.